Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning with Ask a Windermere Coach. And on occasion, I'll be joined by Nick Hansen, Doug Simcock, and Eric Thompson. On this podcast, we want to talk about how to create great work-life balance and epic customer service in the real estate industry. We hope you enjoy our podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ask a Windermere Coach. My name is Michael Fanning. Today, I'm just going to be doing this by myself. I do not have a guest today, but I thought it would be a good opportunity uh, to kind of go through the type of market we're in right now and talk specifically about pricing and CMAs. And a lot of the information that I'm going to cover today uh, comes from two specific areas. Area number one, I have to give credit to Ninja Selling. Uh, This comes directly out of the Ninja Selling book, and this is kind of the philosophy we follow inside of our coaching model is because as Windermere, we have really taken on the culture of of ninja selling. And we found that it gives us really predictable results when it uh, comes to not just satisfying the needs of our clients, but also building a strong referral business and what we call an evergreen, long-lasting business. Uh, The second one comes from just basically from the agents that we coach and uh, listening to what's going on right now today in the marketplace. Uh, specifically with their uh, their sellers and how they're doing it. And what we find is that there's some key elements to high success. There's some key elements to high uh, referral base. There's some key elements to having uh, really great relationships and being very clear with their clients. So I thought I would just go through that with you today. And I'm taking a lot of this out of the Ninja Selling book. And I'm also taking out of notes that we have from our coaching clients. So Let's dive into it. So right now in the market that we're in, let's talk about a little bit about uh, the market that we're in right now and why a comparative market analysis is so important. And here's the challenge that I find. We have a lot of people in our industry today, and I'm not judging, I'm just reporting that are cutting corners. And they're cutting corners because the market is so what we call hot, if you will, for the sellers, is that they think that they can do less and they can just get the house sold. Now, if I'm a real estate agent, the only thing I'm focusing on is the transaction in hand and getting a house sold. That's great. But that's not what you should be focusing on. You should be focusing on being a trusted real estate advisor, having longevity with that relationship with that client and being there for them for all their real estate needs and satisfying them in a way that gives them epic customer service. All right. And so let's talk about that. So when we think about the aspect of a CMA, a CMA, as we all know, or may not know, stands for comparative market analysis. And it's a tool we use to identify the price range, if you will, of a home given the current market conditions. So a couple of things that I think is really important to understand is that right now, let's identify the market that we're in. We're in what's called a seller's market. And in real estate, there's typically three types of markets. There's a buyer's market, there's a balanced market, and there's a seller's market. And what makes them different is supply and demand, right? So in a buyer's market, typically we have high supply, lower demand. In a balanced market, we kind of have an equilibrium, if you will. And in the seller's market, 
we have high demand and low inventory. And we've been in that state for a little while now. And what happens in those situations is it causes prices to rise, right? So we get appreciation, greater levels of appreciation. You know, and, and I always equate this to a simple concept. You know, if I go into a grocery store and there's 15 of us and we need to all need a loaf of bread and there's one loaf of bread, we're going to be willing to pay more for that loaf of bread than if there was two of us and there were 12 loaves of bread. And I know that's really breaking it down to simplicity, but that really is how it works. And so many times we forget that real estate is, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a commodity. It's, it's an item that we're buying and selling. All right, so let's talk about some of the best practices for listing agents. So here's one thing that I want us all to remember is real estate agents do not price houses. Can we just all be aware of this? Uh, there, no real estate agents are setting prices on homes. What prices a house is what we call fair market value. It's what a seller is willing to sell for and what a buyer is willing to pay, right? And so real estate, so for, for the public that's potentially listening to this podcast, if you have an agent says, well, I can get you that price. No, they can't. There's not an agent that can get you a price. What an agent could do is do phenomenal negotiation on your behalf. They can do phenomenal marketing on your behalf. They can communicate with you very effectively. They can do their research. They can call other potential uh, uh, properties that have gone pending to get information on that and then give that feedback to you. And then you get to make a decision, right? Because the market's going to give us a range. And that range is going to dictate if the home's going to sell or not. And we'll talk about what that's based on, right? So if you think about this, right, that range, uh, there's no set prices in real estate. There isn't. There's not. It's not like you go into a grocery store and it's got a price tag on it. Real estate is fluid and it's based on supply and demand. It's based on the time of the year. It's based on the marketing expertise of your real estate agent of how well they showcase that property and got it out there and got eyeballs on it and created the demand, right? There's all kinds of dynamics that are in play here in order for you, what we do in this market is to net the most money for the seller, right? That's your goal is how are you going to net the most in the given current market? And so if you think about it, one of the things that is always, uh, it, this isn't a mystery, but it amazes me. Um, if you have a product and you want to have the greatest amount of money offered for that product, it has to have the least amount of scratches and dents, right? The least amount of friction points. So what determines price? Well, there's a few, uh, there's some attributes that we know that determine price. So what are they? Well, uh, let's face it, condition is huge. What's the condition of the home? And not just the condition of that home, but how does that home's condition compare to other homes that are also available that it's competing with, right? Location. Where is it actually located? Where geographically does it sit? What are the amenities around it, right? By the way, does that home meet the actual needs for that buyer when it comes to the uh, the type of home, right? We're talking bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage. Does it have a garage, attached, detached? I mean, there's all of these things that determine price uh, in the marketplace. And so it's not just, hey, you know what? Your home is this square footage and it's in this neighborhood, so it's going to sell for this amount of money. There's a lot of contributing factors. And a really, really good listing agent is going to identify all those for you and walk you through a very, very clear understanding of how a comparative market analysis works right? So we're going to kind of talk about how that, how that plays out, and we're going to kind of work through that. So um, one of the things I would say is a really, really good real estate agent, after they've done a very in-depth study of the market using uh, a bunch of different tools that we're going to talk about uh, using the CMA, 
is that they are going to have basically what we call two prices. And they have the bring on the market price and the price where if we go above this price, uh, it's unfortunate that the home is most likely not going to sell. And if it does, we're doing what's called chasing the market. And that is not a good place to be if you're a seller, is where you're chasing the market. Um, and so when we look at this, right, so if you're sitting down and you're a potential seller uh, or, and you're a listing agent right now, here's the things that you want to be thinking about when you actually build a comparative market analysis. And I just want to lay these out for you so that you can kind of understand what this looks like. And I'm just going to pull some of the stuff right out of the uh, Ninja Selling book, but I'm going to go through this in detail. So the first thing I'm going to do is if I'm going to prepare a CMA, I'm going to go from very general to specific. I'm going to organize my information, starting with the very general, uh, general information about real estate. So describing the market that we're in, describing, describing the dynamics of what's going on right now. So, you know, there's a lot of buyers. We have uh, a shorter uh, days on market time. We have escalations. We have uh, potentially homes not appraising because of the appreciation that's going on. And so what does that mean? So I'm just kind of laying out the very general understanding of the market. And then what I do is I start to dial into specifics. So let's look at let's look at the zip code. Let's dial it into the neighborhood. Now let's dial it into your house, right? And so my CMA should go in that order, right? It should start from very general or what I call macro down to micro. Um, and so we want to make sure we do that. The second thing is we want to be visual. You know, 60% of us are what we call visual learners. So uh, I would ask all of you, how many of you are using the tool, uh, the, the CMA present tool, right? Are you using that tool? Are you also printing out your CMA? So not just having CMAs go to a client in a digital format, but you're also having them printed out. And are you meeting, right? Are, the, are your sellers coming into your office? And if you're following the 16-step seller process, right, that's potentially most of the time that's your second meeting that you're going through where you're actually going over your comparative market analysis. Some other things to be aware of. So if you're being visual, are you using tools like trend graphics, right? Are you identifying where the market is trending, right? We always talk about this. It's dynamic. It's, it's a moving picture. Uh, right now in a seller's market, it's not what's happened behind us. It's what we're projecting that's going to happen in front of us. So uh, tools like trend graphics, uh, tools like focus first, and I'll put some of these links in the show notes for all of you so that you can see those. Uh, how, how many of you are using the pricing pond? All right. And, under, and, and explaining to your sellers the dynamics of the marketplace. And then things like scattergrams, right, where you're using square footage and list price, and you're showing the dynamics of the fair market value line and how the homes are close or further away from that line. And then using the scattergram dialogue, if you will, to help the sellers actually present to you what they think the value of the home should be based on the information you have presented to them, right? Very, 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 very important, which leads me to my next piece is in your CMA, are you being Socratic? Um, and the other thing too is, you know, this isn't, a, this isn't where you're going through and giving a lecture. This is where you're having a conversation with your seller as you go through the data and remember it matters who says it. So how are you asking questions? So let me ask you this, based on the information we looked at, how are you feeling about the market right now? Uh, we talked about that kind of range the market's giving us. Do you feel that range is going to allow you to meet your needs, to achieve your goals, right? If, we, if, if it was uh, 30 days from now and we didn't have an offer, what would you do, right? And these are all uh, just strategic questions we're asking. So you want to be very Socratic. And then the last thing is you want to be clear, right? So here's what I would ask. Is your, is your uh, comparative market analysis choppy or is it direct? 
And what I mean by choppy, does it bounce all over? doesn't give me any inclination of what's happening, right? And maybe we're just focusing on the house and I don't have an understanding of what type of market we're in. Or are you very clear? Are you taking people through an approach that starts from general to specific, right? From general to specific and using tools like scattergrams, using tools like the pricing pond, using tools like trend graphics or focus first, right? So that you can identify and showcase specifically what's happening in the market as of today. So those are some very, very uh, critical pieces that you should be going through. A couple of other things we want to talk about here when it comes to pricing is think about your price range. So we know this to be the case. When we're in a buyer's market where we have very low demand and high inventory, that range gets a lot smaller. When we move into a balanced market, the range gets a little bit bigger. And when we move into a seller's market, that can be a very big range because of the fact that it's still, we have a lot of demand. And so uh, we see people that are doing some crazy things right now when it comes to uh, offering far above uh, the list, list prices, right? And so those are really critical. The other one is uh, we talk about the pricing bridge. You know, this is something that's uh, debatable out there. People will look at it a couple different ways, but um, whenever I see homes that are priced right under a bridge, and I'll give you an example. So let's say that we have a house that is, uh, uh, the bridge is 500,000. So somebody prices the home at 499.9, right? That's directly under a bridge. And the challenge you're gonna run into it in, in, a, in a market where we have low inventory is that, you know, as much as I'd like to think that if you're a buyer's agent and you're working with a buyer and you've set them up on a buyer search and you've customized it for them the way they wanna see it, is that the only place they're looking? And the answer is no. Buyers today, because they have a fear, and the fear is they're going to miss out on something. So buyers today, and, and not just today, always, right? I remember me, I'm being a buyer, and I had a real estate agent. They had me on a search. Guess what? I still have my own search set up. But the challenge is this. The search that you look at that is built for the public eye runs, when you look at pricing, runs in increments of 25000 So for example, if I'm looking at homes and I've dropped down menus to set my price ranges, they run in $25,000 increments. So let me give you the scenario again. So, so let's say that I am a seller and I want to expose my home to the most possible eyeballs that I can, right? Because we know when we get greater exposure, we get higher demand, specifically in the market we're in today. So if I price it $499.9, and let's say there's buyers out there that are searching from 500 to 525 or 500 to 550 or 500 to 575 or 500 to 600 even, right? Would a, would a home at $499.9 be in their ballpark potentially? Yeah, it would be. Are they going to see it? They're not going to see it. They're not going to see it because it's not going to come up in their search because they are on a bridge and this home is priced directly under the bridge. And so what we know and studies show this and stats show this is that when we price on a bridge, we increase our actual eyeballs by almost 28%. Because now we're getting everybody from 450 to five and we're getting everybody from five and above because we're priced on a bridge. So the, the whole concept here is that if you're looking at this and you're a listing agent and you are close to a bridge in those $25,000 increments, you're better off putting your client in a better position to get more exposure by putting them on a bridge and not pricing under a bridge. If you're listening right now and you're a potential buyer, you guys look under the bridges. So set your searches. So for example, if you knew that you, you could uh, buy a home from 500 to 550, well, set your search at 475, right? 475 to 550, because uh, that's going to give you those under the bridge homes. And we see this happen all the time. And it's kind of crazy, but it, agents do it. 
Um, and then the other one is this, is know your stats, right? If you're a real estate today, if you're a listing agent today, know your stats. And what do I mean by that? Well, stats are pretty straightforward. They're called list to sell ratios and average days on market. So if I were, and, and by the way, all of you have the ability to look them up. And I got to tell you, a lot of agents don't know their stats. So I'll give you an example. So let's say that I am a potential seller and I'm going to be selling my house for $700,000. And I have agent one and agent two. And agent one comes in to do their comparative market analysis with me. And they don't actually show me their stats. So they don't have a stat sheet that I can see. But agent two comes in and shows me their stats and says, just so you know, I would like for you to know, it's kind of like if you think about in baseball, for any baseball fans out there, if you think about batting averages, right? What's your batting averages? What's your at bat, right? Those types of things. So I know that when you're up to bat, um, you know, what's your success at batting? And so what we look at in real estate is specifically in the market we're in today and the seller's market we're in today is real estate agents who really are dialed into pricing, really dialed into understanding the market and identifying the market. Those real estate agents, right, have some pretty phenomenal stats. And what we mean by that, and the stats benefit you. So if you're a seller listening right now, if you're the public listening right now, listen closely because this benefits you. And I'm going to tell you how it does. So so agent two comes in and says, oh, by the way, let me show you my stats. And currently right now, as of today, I've, you know, I've listed this many homes and my list to sell ratio is 103.7%. So what that means is that agent on a regular basis when they list homes are selling them at 103.7% of the list price. So they're selling above list price. So if they came on at 700,000, they would actually be selling homes 25,900 uh, 25,900 higher, right? At that $700,000 mark because of their process. You guys, it's their process. It's the way that they showcase the homes. It's the way that they photo photograph the homes. It's the information they're putting on the signage. Uh, how are they utilizing their network and their office? We're going to talk about that in a minute after the break. Um, but those are big, big things. And so, and then the other thing is they say, well, and my average days on market are 15 days, right? So let's say that the average in the Northwest MLS, or excuse me, in the MLS, I said the Northwest MLS, but in MLSs, this information is readily available. Let's say the average in the MLS is 25 days, but their average is 15 days. So what does it tell you? Here's what it tells you if you're a seller. It tells you that that real estate agent not only uh, is able to uh, get homes sold quicker. They also do it at a much higher list to sell ratio. So now let's go back. So agent one, so let's say I go back and I said, and I have a meeting with agent one now. Say, by the way, agent two gave me their stats. What are your stats? And they say, oh, I don't know what my stats are. You know, a lot of agents don't know their stats, but here's the other thing. So let's say that uh, we actually end up getting their stats and their stats are at 98% and their average days on market are 30 days. So if you're a seller, who's going to net you more money, right? Who's going to net you more money? Because here's the problem. Most likely that agent that has lower list to sell ratios, they have a challenge with pricing or they have a challenge with their process. And the challenge they have with their process is simply this, is that they don't have a process. And so what's happening is these sellers who really don't know the market, don't understand the market very well, they're the ones dictating the price and they're going on the market, but they're not in the market. Let me explain to you what that means. That means a home comes on the market at a price that the sellers decided to price it at because that's what they needed. They're priced above the market. So they're on the market, but they're not in the market. And what happens is they sit. They're shown, they're shown, they're shown, and no offers are made. It's because they are not in the fair market value. And so what happens is, is days on market increase 
And now they're chasing the market. And typically what they're going to do is they're going to get buyers. They're going to make lower price offers because they think something's wrong with the home. And so now that agent is chasing the market. And what does it do? It impacts their list to sell ratios, which is why they have a 98% list to sell ratio. So even today in this market today that we're in, if you have agents that have low ratios, something's going on with their process and something's going on uh, with their, their pricing strategy or they, don't, they, they obviously don't have one. Okay. So I would challenge you. So now uh, I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I want to address one thing when it comes to maybe agents that don't have stats. So thanks for listening. I'll be back in just a second. Hey everyone, this is Michael Fanning and with me is Eric Thompson. We're with Windermere Coaching. We thought we'd take just a moment to let you know a little bit about maybe how to get your feet wet into coaching with Windermere Coaching through the Windermere Path. Eric, tell us a little bit about the Windermere Path. So the Windermere Path gives you a call every week. You can join live or you can watch the recording. One of three things happen on those calls. You get a specific lesson that's taught by you, Mike, by Doug Simcock, by me, or Nick Hansen. The second thing that happens is we do live interviews with your Windermere colleagues. You can hear right from them about how they are implementing all the tools that we teach them in coaching so that you can be inspired by their story. The third thing that happens is you get to ask questions of us Things that are happening in your business right now, in your world, we help just to keep you on the, on the ninja path. Hey, Eric, it sounds like a lot of great content. So listeners, if you're interested in finding out more about the Windermere Path, simply go to windermerecoaching.com, click on the explore button, give us your name and your email address, and we'll get back to you with all the information you need to get started on the Windermere Path. Thank you so much, and we'll return you to our content. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Ask a Windermere Coach. And we're talking about strategies when it comes to effective pricing and doing what we call comparative market analysis. So one of the things that if you're listening right now, and you're a brand new real estate agent and you're saying to yourself, well, hang on, Michael, you know, I'm brand new, so I don't have good stats. That's OK. Uh, I'm going to tell you what the benefits are. Benefit number one to a seller, if I'm working with somebody new, is if that somebody new is getting good coaching and has good mentorship and is in a really, really strong cultural office where that has a go-giver attitude, they're going to do just fine. In fact, we have agents right now that we're coaching inside Windermere Coaching that are brand new to the business, haven't been in the business for maybe less than a year, that are doing phenomenally well. And here's why they're doing so well. They're following a process. They're following a system. They're not the smartest people in the room. You know, that's a big challenge. You know, if you think you know it all, uh, it's really hard to get help. And they're going back to their offices that are very, very well uh, uh, versed with really, really good quality real estate agents that know what's going on in the marketplace. And they're getting mentors and they're doing a great job. And so if you're brand new and you're listening to this, and if you're the public listening and you're saying, well, you know, they didn't have they didn't have listed star ratios. Uh, don't count them out. And here's what I'll tell you is that they can do an amazing job for you and do phenomenally well because they're coming from uh, a culture that has a bunch of other agents that are there that are willing to help them out and mentor them. And they're giving you 100% of their attention because they are new and they're doing a phenomenal job. But I would tell you this, if you're new to the business and you want to have a stat sheet, then go look at your office stats. You know, most of the Windermere offices have really, really good list-to-sell ratio stats and average days on market staff collectively because of the type of agents that are in their office. And remember, success breeds success. And so when we have an office that has highly successful agents doing well and they're, they're working together with a go-giver mentality, 
you're going to have more professionalism coming out of that office uh, with the newer agents. And so I want you to keep that in mind. That's very, very important. So know your stats, specifically what are they, list to sell ratios and average days on market. And if you don't have stats right now, look your office stats up. That's something that you can, uh, you can have. And then I would recommend making a stat sheet in your, uh, in your, listing, in your listing book, right? In your pre-listing book have your stat sheet there. Okay, the last thing that I wanna talk about is simply this, is that when in this market that we're in today, here's some things we're seeing agents that are doing that are having some serious success. So we're trying to predict what's going on in the marketplace when we're in a very heated seller's market as we are today. And so everything's happening in the future, not in the past. So one of the things that uh, we're recommending is if I'm sitting down when I'm building my comparative market analysis and I'm looking at the pending properties that we're using, in our pricing strategy, and they're pending, you want to be reaching out to those real estate agents and making a phone call to say, hey, could you give me a little kind of a lay of the land of what happened in this situation? Because that's going to tell you what's going on. So for example, if, if let's say that I've got a home that I'm getting ready to bring on, and I see that two homes similar to it uh, just last week went pending, I'm picking up the phone. And I'm calling those listing agents saying, hey, just real quick, can you kind of give me what happened? And they say, well, you know, uh, we were on for five days. Uh, we had a review period. Um, we had, uh, we, we, you know, this home had uh, 11 offers and kind of here's the gist of the offers. And it went for X over. Um, and this is, the, this is the offer that won, right? And so what does that tell you if you hear those types of things? Well, it tells me if there were 11 offers, right? So guess what? 10 of those buyers did not get selected. And so now we have 10 buyers that are out there where potentially this home could also be an opportunity. And so it gives me some insight. It gives me some intel to educate now my seller, right, on what, how we might strategize so that we can be priced effectively so that we can take advantage of those eyeballs that didn't get that listing. But how often are those phone calls being made? And here's the other thing I would tell you, if you are the listing agent, right, if you are the listing agent and you get that phone call, from another listing agent who'd like to get some information, you guys work together. I, you know, I, I can't stress this enough. Sometimes this animosity or this, you know, this looking at these people's, why are you bothering me? It's just a bad attitude to have. Answer the questions because here's the thing, you know what? It may be a week from now that that listing agent is representing a listing that now you're representing a buyer where you're making an offer on. Do you guys have a good relationship? And if you're the public listening right now, those relationships are powerful to you. You know, do you have a go-giver mindset real estate agent that has this idea of a win-win strategy that's helping other people? You know, I did a great interview not too long ago with Jen Penn, and she just stressed this. She goes, come on, let's be civil to one another. Let's have grace. Let's help each other out. And so those are some things that I would really think about. So if we were to kind of break this back down and dial it in for this podcast today, I'd say this. I'd say, what are you doing with your comparative market analysis? Are you working from general to specific? Are you being visual? Are you using the pricing tools? Are you Socratic? Are you asking the right questions? Are you clear and precise? Are you meeting in person? Are you doing them both in digital and also printing them out? Then when it comes to uh, the idea of the strategies with price, do you have the two prices? Are you understanding that price is not, there's not a set price in real estate, right? And that real estate agents don't set the price the market does. Are we describing the market? Are we understanding pricing on the bridge? Uh, are we looking at our agent stats, specifically list to sell ratios and average days on market? And last but not least, 
are we picking up the phone and having conversations with our colleagues about the dynamics of the market that can better educate our sellers? All right, everyone. I'm going to put some notes in here. Uh, if you want to do a deeper dive on this, I will put a couple links to some of the stuff I talked about in the show notes. I will also put a link to the Ninja Selling book. I highly recommend it. Also keep in mind, these are the things that we coach on. And what I'm seeing right now, the agents that are doing these things that we're talking about are having phenomenal success in this marketplace. In fact, we have agents that are going to have some of the best years they've ever had because they're sticking with a really great process and they're really looking at how to build and give epic client service in the world of real estate. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Be awesome and help somebody make it a great day. Well, we hope you enjoyed our podcast. We want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you found it useful or helpful, please feel free to share it and also give us a rating. Also, if you think that Windermere Coaching might be right for you, please feel free to just look us up at windermerecoaching.com. And we'll end by saying this, be awesome and help someone. Make it a great day.